What is up? We are here, and happy holidays to everyone who tunes into Combo's Court across the globe. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Today's show, Sean Bernard, Sixers and NBA insider for Fox Philadelphia Sports Gambler, joins in to talk Sixers outlook, OG to the Sixers, the Kelly Oubre saga, and more. Just a fantastic conversation with Sean, you can catch Sean on Twitter at Sean underscore Barnard one. That's S-E-A-N underscore B-A-R-N-A-R-D one. Shouts to our sponsors, Prize Picks. What is Prize Picks? Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. NBA season is here. Check out my IG stories for more about prize picks. Testing my skills on prize picks. This basketball season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you could turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePix and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $1. $100. That's right. Go to Prize Picks and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Prize Picks. Today's show is also brought to you by Good Drills, the all encompassing app for basketball, skill development, and strength training. Just a fantastic way to work on your game learn more about it in the show notes click the link sign up for good drills let's get into it sean bernard it's been a while must have been years man how you been how's philly what's new it is it's good vibes around here a lot better than i expected right now as far as basketball goes but yeah appreciate you for having me back on always good to chop it up so thanks for for bringing me back on the show and excited to talk hoops with you good vibes does that have to do with uh the beard's departure uh, it's definitely a part of it. I I would say less the Beard's departure and more so the Tyrese Maxey explosion and just kind of the, this team beginning to click. Nick Nurse deserves a ton of credit for it. So a lot of good layers going around with uh, this this team as a whole right now. Yeah, how much credit should Nick Nurse get just changing the system around Embiid? How much is it just Tyrese taking James's spot, if you will? Obviously, they're different players. Or mm. is it more coach changing things and changing the system? Yeah, I would give the primary credit to Nick Nurse that we're getting we're seeing Joel Embiid buy in as a passer in a way that we never have throughout his career and frankly a way that I wasn't sure that he was capable of and we're seeing him just make these reads as a playmaker uh, averaging close to 6 assists uh, per game over 5 assists in 10 out of the 13 games to start this year. That is things that we've never seen from Joel Embiid. So seeing him buy into this team friendly concept and just as a whole the offense, so much more movement, so much more cutting, this the off-ball motion just much more variance and and just much more adapting on the fly in a way that we did not see under Doc Rivers. And it's just been refreshing to see from a whole basketball scale as a whole. 
How would you compare this season, very small sample size, to Joel's MVP season last year in terms of how he's playing, how he's approaching the game? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I would say he's taken – he's always been a pretty high IQ basketball player, but I would say he's taken a step forward in just his willingness as a passer. And then I think, once again, Nick Nurse deserves a ton of credit for – we know he's not very gifted as a playmaker. That's been a, a hole in his game. But it feels like like in past years, to kind of boil the Doc Rivers offense down to its simplest sense, the concept behind it was is either you leave Joel Embiid in single coverage and they made a conscious effort to bring him up and get him the ball at the elbow, making it more difficult for teams to double. You either bring a, a double team and then it's kicked out to an open three-point shooter and the Sixers were first in the league in three-point percentage last year, or you leave Joel Embiid in one-on-one coverage and he's going to score on you because he's been leading the NBA in scoring the past two years. This year, there's just passes for him to make. And, and like we're seeing guys with this off-ball movement, this cutting, the back screens being set for guys, and really just the weapons around him. There's a much more athleticism on this roster. So I think Embiid's grown in his processing of his game, his willingness to adapt to things. And I think he honestly has taken it on the chin a little bit of seeing the way Nikola Jokic has been able to elevate his team in a way around him, in a way that Embiid, frankly, has not to this point. So I would say mentally, he is a stride forward, and the talent's just about the same. If there are no trades made, what do you feel the ceiling is for this Sixers team? Yeah, I guess the biggest X factor there is still Tyrese Maxey that uh, I'm interested to see over a larger sample size what this guy truly is. I wasn't positive that he could be a point guard in the way that we're seeing him operate right now, but two games with 10 assists, zero turnovers, the only player in the NBA to have done that so far this year. Impressive stuff, and the processing of the game as a whole has slowed down for him as well. Him making reads, whether it is a playmaker, as a scorer, and he just has these this ability to get to his spots, and he's got a counter for everything the defense throws at him. So I do think Tyrese Maxey is ready to be a number two to this team. I think they can get past that second-round barrier as currently constructed. I don't think they're a championship team. I think they're mm-hmm. still a stones throw below like a Boston Celtics or a Denver Nuggets or that caliber of team. But the fact that they're in that conversation with these assets in the closet, the potential to make a move is really encouraging to me. So I think they're in a good spot where they can sit back, evaluate, figure out if there is a missing piece and what that what it would take to get him. And I still think that they are a, a at least a second round team as currently constructed. Yes, big potential to make a move. I feel like the worlds of the Bulls and the Sixers will collide. The only yeah. question is who? Like me personally, I love Zach and Demar. I feel like Caruso fits really well since they have two high level stars already. But we know Maury loves to go out and get the stars, so I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow find a way to get Levine out of those Bulls players. Who do you feel is the best fit? And just to tie that all together, I don't. I love Demar's game. I just feel like him and Embiid operate in the same spaces, so I don't know yeah. if he's the ideal fit. Out of those three guys, who do you think fits best with the Sixers? Yeah, I think there's some overlap with DeMar and Tobias Harris as well. So mm-hmm. I, I would agree with you there that, unfortunately, I think that's probably the the worst basketball fit. I love DeMar's game, and I'm a huge fan of his. So I would love it if that was the missing piece. I don't think it's Levine either, more from Maury's mindset, that, yes, he's a very star-hungry general manager and a guy that loves to make the big splash, but he's also laser focused on this mindset of just having cap space and having this this freedom in the offseason this flexibility that even this trade with the James Harden trade the biggest like common denominator among the players in return is that they're on expiring contracts with that being Nico Batum Robert Covington KJ Martin uh, and Marcus Morris that he wants to be the Sixers as currently constructed will be the team with the second most cap space in free agency they have Joel Embiid under contract and they have this young star in Tyrese Maxey that he wants to be able to land a big fish in the offseason 
when there's a little bit a bigger pond to go through. I still think that there's some sort of move. I'm worried the, the bill for Caruso is just going to get too steep. I've seen some rumors of like two first round picks and stuff like that for him, which mm. for me, I would as much as I love Alex Caruso, that's a little steep for my blood there. So I don't know. The Bulls definitely make a ton of sense. I'm curious how desperate, desperate other teams go, but I think Maury's going to be playing his cards a little close to the pocket here. I guess the bill is high because teams are starting to realize that maybe bringing in stars is not the move with how we're seeing the Clippers play, right? Like bringing in the high level role guy might be more important, which makes Caruso more valuable in it all. Yeah. It's interesting. Like Caruso fits the style of player that you always think like every championship team needs a player like that, but there's not that many of players like that. So that those skills become at a premium. A couple other examples of a guy like Bruce Brown, or a guy yeah. like Brooke Lopez, where every team wants a guy like that, but there's just not that many of them. So that's when you see this price increase. I do think Caruso is going to help a contender in a major way this playoff run. Uh, I'm nervous on who's going to outbid the Sixers on him, but I don't think he's going to end up in Philadelphia. So you basically seem skeptical about all the Bulls, guys. Who would you like to see join this team, or do you feel like they should just go with what they have? Yeah, my personal preference, I, I got my eyes zeroed in on Toronto. That I'm curious what their future is. OG Ananobi is a guy that I think would be a great missing piece. My biggest concern still with the Sixers team is I think they're going to be able to manufacture enough offense with Tyrese Maxey, with Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris can provide a kick, and then they got guys like Kelly Oubre coming off the bench. I'm still worried about who's the guy guarding Jason Tatum when it comes to that point. That This is the same guy that dropped 50 points on them in Game 7 uh, last playoffs. I'm still concerned about the ability to to kind of guard at the wing position. It's been a hole for the Sixers for a couple of years. So that's kind of what has my my main focus. It feels like Tobias is really the only choice there, right? I mean, Rocco, if he was younger, it might have been. Mm. But Eddie, he, was, he, he was more of an off-ball guy. Rocco, even his prime. Yeah, but Tatum, yeah. I mean, that's going to be a cook session, right? If Batum is caught out there with Tatum. I don't, yeah, you're right. I don't know who really could guard him. So maybe um, Siakam or Ananobi would be the move. Yeah, that, that would be my preference. I'm more worried about that side of the ball and specifically that matchup because that is going to be a hurdle the Sixers have to clear if they want to make this playoff run. So defensively, I'm kind of have my eyes tuned there. Just And again, 3 and D guys and at that level of athleticism and that caliber of a defender is another skill set at a high premium. So they're going to have to pay for that price too. But I'm definitely leaning a little bit more towards that archetype of player like an OG Ananobi or even a Pascal Siakam if that's possible. It's interesting to see a Maury team not get up a whole bunch of threes. Are you concerned that the Sixers will just inevitably lose the math game? I, I am honestly there. That is a main concern with me, this team. Some of it is natural playing through a Joel Embiid style player mm-hmm. who's post oriented and that they're never going to be a team ranking in like the top five in that. But there I haven't checked as of the last night's game, but they were sitting at 28th or 29th. The last I looked at that, that's not good enough. They got to at least be in the pack. And the two games that they lost, well, the two games recently, they lost lost to the Bucks to start the season have been 10 and two since then. The two games they lost, the Celtics outshot them 50 to 30 on three point attempts. And the Pacers, I believe it was 44 to 29. It was by 15 attempts. So that like caliber, the math game, it just catches up with you. And we're seeing within the NBA. And we have not seen this team fully constructed yet. Kelly Oubre is going to help with that volume. Nicholas Batum is going to help with that volume as he gets his his flow of things. So I think it will ultimately rise up a little bit, but that's something that I want them to be focused on for sure. You mentioned Batum, and everybody's focused on the Clippers side of this trade, but there are some outrageous numbers when it comes to Batum and their offensive rating. Do you feel like his impact on this team has been under-discussed thus far? 
For sure. And Joel Embiid loves him, loves playing with him. The biggest thing that jumps out about Batum to me is he's so smart and so quick with his decision making, which has been hard to find on the Sixers team. That he can make entry passes to Joel in a way that really no one else on roster can. He's had a couple of nice like lobs over the top that Embiid's been able to finish. The, as much as Maxi's grown as a passer, like he's still not there. And from a playmaking standpoint, so having a guy that always is in the right spot, knows where to be, probably the quickest release in the NBA as well, as mm-hmm. far as a catch and shoot guy. So he just checks a lot of boxes for what this team needs for doing the little things. He's almost like the the what they wanted in PJ Tucker last year. And he's just bringing way more on the offensive side of the ball. Kelly Oubre, he was off to a great start before the unfortunate accident. I don't know if you have any insights on that because that seemed a little bit crazy. And you know, when he was coming into the season, I felt like he could have been that guy for this team that was, you know, the Andrew Wiggins or the Aaron Gordon, like a highly yeah. talented guy that could fit into a role. He doesn't play like those players, but I could felt like he could feel that archetype of just a high level talent that fits into a role. What have you seen from him? And and the whole situation seemed a little bit fishy. I'm glad he's better. He's actually back in practice, which mm-hmm. you could speak to. But what have you made from his play and that whole situation? Yeah, the the situation first off is definitely strange, as you said. the The way the whole the whole events unfolded, there still has not been like a full conclusion released to everybody. There's definitely a little something up with it. Uh, I'll, there's been a lot of reckless speculation online that some of which has been out of control. So I'll, I'll stray away from that. But the the bottom no, line, we, is no, we no, we no, no, we want to hear the reckless. What is the reckless? <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah, what, that, are, what what are the people saying like i because i don't know you're more tapped in than i am yeah there was a, i mean some of the more common ones I'll, I'll say my my speculation here is he is a guy that known to be a bmx biker that he did walk in on that ring camera walking back with a bmx i don't have not read the intricacies of his contract but i would i'm led to believe that that would be an issue contractually with uh, kelly Ubre. so i'm wondering if he went with the car line there that is probably the safest outlook there i've seen a lot of speculation as far as him getting jumped him a, a lot of reckless things like that the weird the fact that it's not on camera and i can speak to this from living around philadelphia that the area that he says this happened there's just zero chance that there would be no eyewitnesses or no camera footage at seven o'clock on a saturday night like it's like center city center city philadelphia that's where like hundreds of people are on a minute by minute sit basis so there's definitely some shadiness there but the bottom line is i am happy he's healthy and to your point i think he's played the most conducive basketball towards winning throughout his entire career that he does seem bought in playing with a chip on his shoulder. So I'm looking forward to having him back on the floor. It was weird that TMZ got the ring footage. Like, how do you, how do you get that? Yeah, it was from Kelly's team as much as they don't want to say it that uh, I I don't know how, how deep in the rabbit hole you've seen, but there's been some strong allegations of stuff that frankly is out of control for what, what people believe he's covering up on this. So I think they showed it as like a, like, it did help his case. And even him saying like he got hit by a car on that film, that means like Kelly's at least like, I guess this makes his story make more sense. And then the fact that he could have got hit by a car, gone back to his house and then not being able to pinpoint exactly where, because he did just move to Philadelphia six weeks ago. So it did help his case in that regard. I think it was to shut it down, but yeah, that was released by Kelly's team. It is a good sign that he's um, back at practice, right? I don't think anybody, nobody's even talked. Like, it's funny. We get all the attention when like the weird videos come out and (laughs) the crazy stories, but when he's back at practice, like hardly anybody's talking about it. 
Yeah, and he's still doing uh, a lot of limited conditioning stuff. Uh, today's a big day as far as his kind of checkup and landmark, if he can return to contact and things of that sense. So he hasn't been a full go yet, but definitely trending in the right direction. He's looked a little out of shape from what I've heard as far as uh, his sprints, which is understandable after, you know, being hit by a car seemingly and uh, breaking ribs. So there are some issues there, but he'll be back better than ever pretty soon, which is a good sign for the Sixers. How have you looked at Tobias Harris in terms of his play this year compared to last year? And has James Harden's absence unlocked that? Or is that Tyrese Maxey? Because it feels like he's moving more without the ball now. Yeah, he absolutely is. And some of that, I think, is is a testament to Nick Nurse's offense that he kind of has a role in spots for him for what to do on a play-by-play basis in a way that he more or less was a stand in the corner, space the floor, 3 and D guy on their Doc Rivers and throughout the past couple of years. I think Tobias Harris Harris is happier than anyone that James Harden isn't here, that he does have a little freedom to kind of cook in the mid range when he gets his moments. He's been terrific in transition this year, getting out on the break, finishing around the rim. So it has been the best version of Tobias Harris. And my biggest like complaint about his game or the thing that I always have my eye on is he has not kind of hesitated that he's been decisive. He knows what he's doing with the ball and that's when he's playing his best hoops. So he's looked really good this year. I've been really thrilled with the version of him we've gotten. Yeah, it's a common theme to what you're saying with Batum and Tobias Harris. Like in the modern NBA, the quicker you make decisions, the better. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And especially when a guy like Joel Embiid is the centerpiece, who is not a guy who's going to be doing things quick, that he is a post up. He's a guy that wants to kind of get to his spot in the mid range, uh, face a guy up, that kind of that's his style of play. So when that is like your tone setter, you got to have guys that can counter that to make sure this is still operating as like a high level NBA team from an athleticism decision making standpoint. And that's been an issue on the Sixers team in years past. And I'm happy we're not seeing it this year. Rocco seems like he lost a little bit of the athleticism, but I think there is a world where he could still give you helpful playoff minutes. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's going to be heavily involved in this rotation. Um, It's interesting because we've seen the full career arc of Robert Covington, of him being kind of a, a pillar of the process. Here. Yeah, yeah. One of the, the fav- fan favorites at that time. He's definitely lost some some stuff athletically since that mm-hmm. point, but he's a far better basketball player than the first time he got here. Just knowing where to be, really impressive hands on the defensive end, causing deflections, getting in passing lanes. And I can see him kind of sliding into like an Aaron Gordon type role as sort of the what I envisioned for him, that he's done a really nice job playing off Joel, getting down to the baseline, cutting. Those are all characteristics that will earn him minutes. And I do believe that there's a, a huge spot on him as kind of a 20 to 25 minute per game guy for this team. Better chance to win a title, the Sixers or the Clippers? Sixers. Sixers for sure. I have yeah. too many cooks in the kitchen out in L.A. <laughs> you, think, you, you think like you don't you have any, you don't have any faith in them? I, I mean, mean so, like you got to watch James more than anybody else, right? Than even the mm-hmm. guys covering the NBA at large. You, what, did, what did you see from him that season? And you don't what makes you think it won't fit well with that team? Yeah, so I don't want to like. I'm not an anti-James Harden guy that I do tip my hat. He did a lot of great things. I don't think Joel Embiid wins MVP without him. I James scored 40 points in two playoff games for the Sixers team. He's still a very good player. Like he's not he's not some throwaway guy in the way that some people make him out to be. I just think with the Clippers, this kind of your turn, my turn offense or him kind of captaining the, the ship and setting up Paul George and Kawhi. They're all ball hungry guys. And James Harden's defense, I still think it's overshadowed for how bad it can be. And he will lock in at moments where it looks passable and there's times. But I think with this Clippers team, 
it, they're going to have to really work to stagger the the minutes. I like the Daniel Theis addition that they added. I think yes. that's actually a huge move for the Clippers, and he looked really good last night. So that's a, a just having a pick and roll threat to pair with him is a big deal. But I just kind of don't see the the mismatching of talents and egos and everything in that locker room finding a way to to right the ship. And on the opposite side, these Sixers I think have a a better window as far as moving in the right direction. Best cheesecake in Philly. Best, a cheesesteak. Yeah. I'm a did I did, I did I say did I say cake steak? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll give a shout out to Chubby's, which I think goes underrated in the conversation. But as far as the main guys, I'll, I'll go Geno's over Pat's so is my big takeaway there. OK, there you go. Sean, thank you so much for taking the time. Great insight, as always. We got to do it again sooner. We can't wait like one or two years this time. Right, Sean? Yeah. Hey, I'm always around. So I appreciate you having <laughs> me on. And yeah, as long as the Sixers are keep cruising at this level, I'm going to continue hopping on as many microphones as I can. So I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Sean. Thanks for taking the time. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. Where can we find you everywhere? Don't forget that. Yeah, yeah you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore Bernard one. You can catch me on the Fox 1025, the gambler airwaves out here in Philadelphia, as well as my my own platform on PicSwap Media and Sixers Digest on YouTube. So make sure to check all that out. Thanks so much, Sean. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. There it was. Episode 528 is in the books. Big shouts to Sean for joining in. Thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. Go to Prize Picks and punch in code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. And be on the lookout for episode 529. COMBO out.